Ohio people with Mennonite views, and they're gonna give us some missional news. Ohio Conference Cast. You are listening to Ohio Conference Cast, a podcast dedicated to sharing missional stories and other information about Ohio Mennonite Conference. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Ohio Conference Cast. With me today, I have a co-host. Hi, this is Paula Snyder-Belusic. And our guest that we're interviewing, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, my name is Glenn Guyton, the Executive Director for Midnight Church USA. And welcome, Glenn. You know, no stranger to the podcast. You've been on once or twice? Once, so this is my, my second time. Good. All right. Good. Great. Well, we're, we're grateful for you doing this, and we are in Bluffton, Ohio. Um, we're having a, a what, what is happening this afternoon? We're, I'm not exactly sure. I know we got invited to it as Ohio Conference pastor. Oh, well, sometimes I don't know. I just show up to places. <laughs> it's on my schedule, and I show up. But I think it's really just a conversation with uh, some of the pastors from Ohio Conference and also Central District, people that are kind of toward this area. And then I'll actually be doing some uh, things at Bluffton University. Uh, next week, meeting with the students and meeting with the faculty and staff. Yeah. Okay. Glenn, as he introduced himself as the executive director, and Paula, you didn't introduce your role in Ohio Conference. Well, I, I'm the assistant moderator. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you were the former assistant moderator. So yeah, that's a former. very illustrious <laughs> co host we have today. Well, I feel like I'm on the outside looking in here. Right? <laughs> you guys have you know, both come <laughs> off of a CLC meeting. Oh, yeah. Um, it, so y- you're in the know. So. Tell me and the rest of the audience here, and w- no numbers, but we think our audience is, is strongly in the double digits still. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. But uh, what, what's what's going on? We, so what? I read a little bit about CLC, and you sat a new committee to work on guidelines, and we can get into that. But first, tell me a little bit about CLC. I don't know, Paula. Do you want to start with CLC? I feel like I'm just kind of staff at that position. Sure. Well, we. Let's see, it was a month or six weeks ago that we met in Phoenix, Arizona. And so some of the things, sort of the major part of that agenda was hearing reports from all the conferences. And normally we get this huge electronic document where you have to read all of these reports. Um, And so we gave people an opportunity to share and they were supposed to be 10 minutes long and some of us can tell time and some of us cannot. (laughs) People were just enthusiastic, right? People really love talking about themselves. Yes. Yes. I I thought they were, I, okay, I should, should I, I should be honest. You can be honest. I go to so many meetings and I don't read all of, all of those reports, (laughs) but this was a different opportunity to get to engage with the conference leaders and and hear their stories. So I thought it was it was interesting. Yeah, no, I really appreciated that. And it gave you a real sense of both the diversity of Mennonite Church USA and the at the same time, the way that God is showing up um, in our churches just in a variety of ways. And so for me, that was really exciting, yeah. you know, that in our different contexts, people are being faithful, that we are following Jesus. So Right. Yeah. And, and and by diversity, it's just diversity of how we live out that Anabaptist witness. I right. think that's that's the thing that I get to see yeah. as executive director yeah. of Midnight Church USA. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we don't always get that sense of that here in Ohio because we're largely a rural um, conference. And so it's really neat to hear how other people are, are living out that. The other, I think one of the other highlights for me at CLC is that we had two women come in and give 
um, a workshop on digital discipleship. Yeah, and so yeah. basically just talking about how to manage your online presence well. And they gave some really good um, feedback and advice, and I thought they were really fantastic. So that was that was another highlight for me. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else happened at CLC, I think Glenn. those were the main things. We, we did talk a little bit about the the ongoing process with the membership guidelines and Linda Dibble, this was her first meeting as the moderator elect. So it was kind of a kickoff of the the new biennium. We did a little recap of some of the things that happened at, mm-hmm. at the convention. Mm-hmm. And so I think we are starting off pretty good. I, th- I thought the convention uh, this year was, was good. And I mm-hmm. think it's, it's setting us on a good trajectory for mm-hmm. Mennonite Church USA. Mm-hmm. And I would affirm that. I mean, I, I was in Kansas City and I, I, I heard a lot of positive, you know, about the conference and affirmations for how it went. So it was, yeah, thank you for doing whatever you did uh, and others. That was, it was a good, a good week. Mm-hmm. One of the things you gave the kind of closing uh-huh. s- uh, sermon and you sort of introduced the hashtag bring the peace, right. right? And so you want to say a little bit more about that or how people might connect with that? Yeah, bring the peace? I, I think that, you know, we worked a little bit, well, a lot of bit on the journey forward. And one of the things that we, we said is that we want to be witnesses to God's peace. People say that we are a historic peace church, but I say, hey, we need to be a peace church of today. Mm-hmm. We want to be relevant. And, of course, bring the peace, I think, is one of the ways that we can do that. The hashtag is just catchy. You know, it's you know everybody does hashtags. So we mm-hmm. want something catchy, something people could remember, but also to for people to think about what does that mean in their context? You know, how do we bring the peace? And it's not like we own the peace. Some people are a little worried about my my aggressiveness and bringing peace, you know, as Mennonites, we can't be too aggressive in, 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 uh, serving God. But, um, but the bring the peace is, you know, so what do we do in our communities, in our context to create that peace or to be a part of that, that peace? Uh, it could be the prayers that we send forward. It could be, uh, how we interact based on the communities that we are a part of. And, and because like you say, we have a very diverse church. And so sometimes people think, Oh, we don't care anything about the rural congregations. No, that's not true. People in rural co- communities uh, have different needs. They have different things that are going on. I know some rural communities are plagued by by drugs and uh, abuse, you know, just like any big city is. And so those things aren't uh, the need for peace isn't isolated to a certain context. But we have to feel, figure out how we live that out. And I think that's what I want to encourage each of us to do. As congregational leaders, as pastors, as members, how are we participating and uh, being witnesses to God's peace? You know, how are we spreading the love of, of Christ in whatever setting that we are a part of? Mm-hmm. So if people wanted to access that, I've been noticing online that people have been writing stories and that yep. hashtag is attached to that. So you would be encouraging our congregations oh, yes. if there's great things happening to send those in? Yeah, because a lot of times the news that you hear about in some of our, I guess, Mennonite media is is just the bureaucracy, right? You just mm-hmm. hear some of the negative stories, the things that are, I don't know, maybe controversial, but there's a lot of good work going on in the churches that we don't hear about. So we want to hear those stories because uh, not only not not just to say, hey, look at us, but it's it's say it may spark good ideas in other communities. Again, I get to see the denomination at its best a lot of times when I go to places and they may have a, a food bank set up that they're doing something special or they may be building shelters for the homeless or a thrift store that's really benefiting the community. And we need to tell more of those stories to inspire people. But going back to the 
digital discipleship, how do people find out about our church or what's going on? Well, they find out about those things online. So part of the Bring the Peace initiative is also to help us with our digital presence so people understand what Mennonite Church USA stands for and what our affiliated uh, congregations and conference, conferences are doing. So if someone if if someone has a, a story they think would be good for the Bring the Peace campaign or hashtag what Yes, yeah, send it to uh you can send it to Will Leviste, Will Leviste or I think Kayla Berkey. They are, are doing uh, those that blogging for us. So someone on our communication staff will can pick that up and say, Hey, we have a story idea or this is something great that's going on in our conference. We want to hear those stories. We'll have to get some how conference stories on there. Yeah, yeah. Been? Get them out. Get them on out there. Uh, I don't know that we've had one specifically on there yet, but I know the good things are happening. So send them in, people. That's right. Send them in. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the other things you just sort of mentioned that we talked about at CLC is you gave an update on um, the process that's going to be happening related to the membership guidelines. Yeah. yeah. And I know that um, people are interested in that. It also makes them a little bit anxious. Yeah. So you, can you tell us a little bit sort of what the thinking is behind why we want to poke that, you know, sleeping, why do we want to? sleeping bear? I, I don't know if we want to. <laughs> I, I don't want to, but I feel like that uh, there's been a push from the delegates to do something with the membership guidelines. I think people were expecting something in 2019 based on uh, the 2015 resolutions. And so I didn't feel like with the change in leadership, me coming on uh, as executive director, that we were ready to dive into the membership guidelines. I felt like we needed to focus on the journey forward. So following Jesus, witnessing to God's peace, helping people experience transformation. Those are the things that I think are important that will help us to move forward as a church. And so we still have these documents that uh, may or may not say what people think they say. Uh, and and so so what do we deal? How do we deal with those things in our system? There is some symbolism around surrounding these documents uh, that we have to consider. They have a history in the denomination, the formation of the denomination. But these documents were even changed. And so the the document that we have now is not even the document that we had in 2001. Mm. It was substantially changed and uh, without delegate approval, I should say it was substantially changed in, uh, in 2012 and presented to the delegates in 2013 as an administrative update. And so, you know, we're wrestling with this document that was really brought together for the formation of Mennonite church USA. And so it's, it's kind of one of those things where some people in the system, want want it addressed i'm i'm on record saying that i don't think our documents will save us and i i am um you know i you know i I don't i don't know how to feel about you know us having to maybe process this in in 20 in 2021 i think that you know the delegates will probably be able to speak to uh, whatever comes out of this this process Uh, but i hope that we can keep our focus on those important issues, the journey forward, following Jesus, witness, w- witnessing the God's peace and helping people experience transformation. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's important for our denomination. Mm-hmm. And really the controversies around the part three yeah, part of three. this document that um, would prohibit people from doing same-sex marriages yeah. or what's the other piece of it? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's and, pretty and much it. it, it ordaining it, or licensing well, clergy it's, it's, that are in same-sex relationships. It's, it's primarily uh, performing same-sex wedding ceremonies and what happens if you do? And then it also refers to Purdue and Saskatoon statements on mm-hmm. uh, how we look at 
same sex relationships mm-hmm. or sexual orientation. And so the rest of the document, uh, the membership guidelines is actually addressed in our bylaws. As far as membership, uh, people are under the misconception that the uh, membership guidelines has to do with the membership of people, but it doesn't. It's actually the membership of conferences joining Mennonite Church USA. So that was back in 2001. We don't have conferences joining Mennonite Church USA. Uh, it was kind of an agreement to bring together the former GCs and MCs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was kind of that section three was actually added mm-hmm. uh, to facilitate that merger. And so now uh, it just is kind of just has some things hanging out there that's actually addressed in other parts of our documents mm-hmm. with, with, with ohio conference I don't, I don't know how much you've followed us i don't expect you to know much of our history but i yeah. do know one of the things that ratchets up the pressure in our conference at least i, I see it um, in, in our area is that i can't remember the date but one of our acas when com- our conference was at a pretty mm-hmm. um tenuous spot a lot of tension we did pass the resolution that said like we are going to stay with mennonite church usa as a conference because there were people churches pushing for us to leave as a conference yeah, so yeah. we're going to stay um but we kind of said these are these are things that we will I, I should have the document in front of me but it basically said if there is a change to the confession of faith significant change yeah i think yeah significant or substantive i think that was the word right or substantive change to the membership guidelines then ohio conference would evaluate right their relationship to MC USA. I, I'm, uh, the wording may not be right so that kind of yeah but i'm one, familiar with it you're familiar with it okay yeah. so that's when ohio conference from our chair looking at, I can't speak for how a conference, but that's kind of like, Oh, like this is being looked at now. What? Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of like some of the questions swirling around our conference at least is, Oh, we're going to have to dive into this now because we've, 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 you, you drew this line in the sand, right? Yeah. yeah. Did, you, so did you read my article? I did read your article. Yeah, so, so when you read your article, yeah. I'm like, man, are you, th- is that written to Ohio? No, conference? it's not. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. But, yeah. uh, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's part of the, the problem when we, we, uh, lay out some of these edicts and uh, i mean and you know conferences the the funny thing is is that conferences and congregations have a lot of autonomy in mennonite church usa we are not a uh and we talked a little bit about this at clc we are not a total kind of like uh episcopal or top-down hierarchical type type of church and we're not totally congregational polity we're actually a more collaborative model of partnership, kind of like a network of, of organizations. We've agreed to be together. These are our common values and we're supposed to work in collaboration. And so, yeah. And so conferences and congregations really have a lot of autonomy. It's not a lot that the denomination can really do to say, Hey, you have to do this or you can't do this. You can be as restrictive or as open as you, you pretty much want to be in a lot of cases. Um, Again, the membership guidelines were for the formation of the denomination. And so in some sense, I would say that, well, I know they were supposed to be reviewed back in 2007. That ne- that never really happened. Uh, and so as you look at these documents now, are they, is everyone really adhering to them? You know, we have different practices in, in different conf- conferences. So now we kind of have this document that's hanging out there that's not really, Working effectively, the executive board doesn't really have this type of punitive power to go mm-hmm. change individual pastors' behaviors and things like that. So how helpful is the document uh, to us moving forward? And so and the other thing about the confession of faith, as Mennonites, we don't we don't revise confession of faith. Yeah. We just write new ones. And so any of these things uh, 
churches can actually say, hey, well, we're going to still follow the membership guidelines. You pretty much could say that churches or conferences. These are our restrictions that we're placing on ourselves. That would be pretty much acceptable in our system. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then as far as describe for people what the process is now laid out to sort of go ahead and move towards 2021 with the membership guidelines. Yeah, well, so we, we just had a meeting in Chicago with uh, it was about 25 people that were participating. Uh, I participated. So we had three staff members and also three executive board members. And then we had a, tried to have a pretty diverse group of people that participated. So uh, men and women, we had different pastoral roles, some conference leaders, pastors, uh, people from the more progressive side and people from the more conservative side, uh, some racial ethnic diversity. So we tried to have a, a, a pretty balanced group of people to talk about the membership guidelines, its impact on the uh, church and what's the best way to move forward. And so that group is uh, met and came up with some some recommendations, some thoughts, uh, reviewed the history of the me- membership guidelines, how they came to be, the impact, the ongoing impact of the membership guidelines on uh, members of Mennonite Church USA so that group laid out some recommendations that they're still working on some of those things and they'll present that to the executive board and the executive board will meet in January uh, to review those and, and see if it agrees with the recommendations or if it wants to modify those things. And then we'll go about setting out a process of informing uh, conferences and congregations. I'm hoping that we'll, we'll have all that done by uh, uh, May so that conferences can can talk about this at their summer assemblies, their summer gatherings. And so give you a year to work on those things. I can't promise that because it's not totally in my hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's actually the executive board's decision. Uh, so, you know, I have my preference, but the executive board has not even seen these recommendations yet. And uh, they're actually, yeah, they're not even finished yet. And so we'll be sending that to the board as soon as we can. And then in January, they'll meet to talk about it. And then of course, after that CLC gets to see it and we'll get conference, uh, leadership feedback on this process so that's the process moving forward and so it's kind of going to be a step-by-step thing and so people shouldn't get overly anxious about it because we're still in process and so whatever you hear in the grocery store from your neighbor may not be right um but we're yeah i just think i think you should just ask yourself how is this preventing me from sharing the gospel Mm -hmm. you know is is any of this going to prevent you from living into those three commitments that we those renewed commitments that we have as a church or to providing healing and hope in your community? Mm-hmm. Those are the things I think you really should should focus on. Uh, nobody's coming to your conference to try to I'm saying this. I don't think no, no one's coming to your conference to try to change how you do ministry or uh, change who pastors your churches. Those things are still local decisions. The denomination has a certain role in the life of the church, uh, and people need, need to understand that that role is significantly different from the role of congregations and conferences. And so we do have some unifying values that we bring as a, as a church. We have a consolidation of services that we br- we bring, but we we don't pastor congregations. You know, we aren't the the local credentialing authority that's at the conference level. And so. Yeah, take these documents and what they mean. Uh, just just hold them lightly, and let's focus on the things that we can do together, uh, the values that we hold as as Anabaptist Christians. 
This is a question that I remember we had someone from Mennonite World Conference on our podcast. Yeah. And, and we asked them this question. So I'll ask you. Okay. Um, so when you look at what Mennonite World Conference, everyone just seems really excited about it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's great. Diversity is awesome. And then when you look at MCUSA, it seems like diversity is kind of <laughs> raises right. anxiety. Right. And it's right. like, no, this is not so awesome. So, right. you know, what I can't remember his answer. I have to go look at our archives. Okay. What, what would be your response to that? Why do you think that there's anxiety about our relationships in MCUSA, but in the Mennonite World Conference, this kind of diversity is, is celebrated? Yeah, you know, that's interesting because I, I go to Mennonite World Conference and sit on the uh, general council uh, because of my role. And so we, ha- we have the same polarities at Mennonite World Conference that we have here in Mennonite Church USA, some of the same polarizations when it comes to our understanding of, of human sexuality and LGBT people. But Mennonite World Conference doesn't make any decisions. You just people just go and go to the assembly. They go and have fun, and they have they sing and mm-hmm. and celebrate, and then they come back to their own context. But if you think those same discussions aren't going on in the leadership of uh, Mennonite World Conference, you just you're just naive. They they are. But Mennonite World Conference really doesn't have any decision making power or authority. I guess on our. Um, denomination it, it actually people just want to go and worship and have fun when they go to the assembly and 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 why was our convention so successful this year well we just came and had fun we did worship we did some some study but we didn't do spend a whole lot of time voting and and, and debating mm-hmm. uh, i think that's probably where some of the contention comes and i think people hold hold that the bureaucracy of the church they hold it a little bit too tightly Again, we have to understand the role of each level of, of the church and appreciate it for, for what it is. Uh, and so I don't really understand rationally why people get so upset about certain things that the denomination does when we don't have this type of papal authority in Mennonite Church USA. The church can't come in and the denomination can't come in and command or demand that you do this or that you do that. We really have a collaborative model of leadership and we should be really be able to coexist and come together uh, to worship. And 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 uh, I said the, the denomination is there to to create the capacity to, to do more good. That's we enhance the the reach and, and give members the ability to, to go to places like Mennonite World Conference to speak to national issues, to do international missions and have a relationship between national bodies or international uh, bodies that's the role of the 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 national church well glenn while while we have you what's something so we've asked you a lot of these questions yeah. that are kind of bureaucratic in nature but as you look at your job you know what what is it that's that's most exciting that you're working on what do you most enjoy in the in the denomination right now well i'm excited about this bring the peace campaign i i actually am excited about that what can we do as a peace church, I mean, I think there are so many needs uh, in our country right now. The church can make a difference. I think we have to start focusing a little bit more outwardly uh, as we think about the role and the mission of the church. Uh, you, you see so much with the, the gun violence and, uh, you know, these local school shootings. What can we do as Mennonites to help that, uh, help alleviate that or to res- or when people are in need or hurting or have trauma? How can we go to those areas of need? Uh, I think that's what we need to start thinking about in our local uh, congregations. You know, how can we really be witnessing witnesses to God's peace? 
that's that's the important thing. Uh, also, what will our our children, you know, what kind of church do we want for them 10, 15 years from now? I think that's that's the the mindset that all of us leaders now need to to be thinking about. Are we mentoring the next uh, next generation of leaders? How are we preparing them for for leadership? Are the decisions we're making today uh, going to be helpful for them 20 years from now? Is is our church going to still be relevant? Those are the things I think that we need to be wrestling with and and spending spending time with. I think one other thing that probably people in Ohio Conference are excited um, is a new church planting initiative. We have several pastors who are participating with the SENT group right now. And I think as you talk about the vision of who we're going to be in the future, we need churches if we're going to be a denomination in the future. I just was reading something this week that the Anglican Church in Canada, they're looking at their demographics and saying there won't be a church by 2040 unless something changes. Their bishop is saying that. So, um, so for I think as we look towards the future too, that church planting is is critical. Yeah, and more so than church planting, I, we need to develop leaders. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the key thing. If we have people with vision, the church planting will be a natural consequence. Sure. Uh, so we want to have good leaders for the future. Uh, leaders are the ones that decide to stay in Mennonite Church USA or leave Mennonite Church USA. Leaders help set the vision and tone uh, for our congregations and, and, and conferences. We can't over, overlook leadership. I think that, well, one of the things that we're working on is uh, leadership development. Uh, Michael Danner and I, Michael Danner and I are uh, looking at ways in which we can uh, develop culturally co- competent leaders uh, who can lead the church, uh, who have a broad perspective and also a vision for for, for leadership. And didn't MDT just seed a group for leadership development? With yes. Ohio so our ministry development team of Ohio conference is going to be putting together a group to specifically working on development of leaders. Yeah. Because when we look at the ML at the, at the number of MLIs that are available yeah. and people wanting to come to our beautiful part of the country, right. there are not many people who mm-hmm. want to do that. And so we're thinking we need to, be looking and developing people who understand our cultural context. So, yeah, yeah, and I and I think people want to join and be a part of uh, institutions that do have an appreciation for one thing uh, of leadership that they understand their mission and their their context. You know, we throw this word missional out there a lot, but I do think missional. If I had to define it, would would be something more like uh, uh, the Nehemiah four and six, where it says uh, the people had a mind to work and. And if you think about that story, people understood their role in the community. They were all willing to to chip in, and it, it was all centered around, uh, you know, the the that central sanctuary, sanctuary type of model that you look at in the the Old Testament. But you know, focusing on the Word of God, bringing God's people back, and then everyone understanding their role and how they fit into rebuilding. Uh, their community. Those are the things I think that are that are going to help grow the church. It's not going to be a, a fight over the membership guidelines. I'm just just being honest. I mean, some people are going to want to fight over the membership guidelines. I think it's going to be a challenge for the church. But what type of organizations do people want to lead? They want to lead organizations that are making a difference in people's lives. I think that's definitely true. And we hear the same thing from Ohio Conference pastors. The last time we were all together, people 
want to focus on mission. They don't want to be fighting over documents. All right. I think largely what we heard from our pastor. Well, good. Groups, good. So. I'm, yeah. I'm in favor of that. Yeah. And, and so just, 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 uh, draw up a resolution and say, Hey, we don't want to talk about the membership guidelines. I, don't, I, don't, I probably shouldn't be saying that, but Hey, you know, yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah. But the, the church, the delegates, we'll get to, to talk about that or whatever process we come up with. The CLC will get to give some feedback. So so I'm, I'm hoping that uh, people want to focus on things that will help move this church forward. Sure. Well, God, thank you for all your leadership you've been providing. We're looking forward to hearing more from you. And thank you for taking the time to sit down again with Ohio Conference cast. All right. Thank you. Good to be back. All right. Thank you all. Ohio people with men and I views and they're gonna give us some missional news. Ohio Conference Cast. Thank you for listening to another edition of Ohio Conference Cast. We would love to hear from you. Our email is OhioConferenceCast at gmail.com. Ohio Conference Cast is brought to you by the Ohio Conference Leadership Team, along with Norm Sohar, sound engineer, Megan Sohar, voiceover, Ann Lehman, publisher, and our many guests and listeners.